Hello, this is Angelique with the Gaston County Public Library, and I'm once again here with Circulation Supervisor and Film and TV buff Andrew Pierce. We're here for another episode of our friend Kendall's favorite podcast that I'm calling Andrew Really Loves Award Shows. <laughs> Today's episode will focus on potential Oscar nominations. Now, I'm going to be honest. I watched very few new movies last year. I'm genuinely unclear about what came out in 2020 versus what came out in 2019. I think the movie Tenet happened, might have happened, but I'm not really sure. Everything else is a blur. Luckily, I'm not the expert. That would be Andrew. Andrew? Well, first of all, Tenet did happen, and we all regretted it because it was not good. Um, there was that big push to push it. It's got to be in theaters, and it's like, this is not worth getting COVID over this movie. Um, no, so despite the challenges of the last year um, and the pandemic, the Oscars are coming. Just so you know, that a lot of eligibility things change. So things that would normally have been released um, for streaming sites or normally released in theaters, and then they got released instead on the streaming sites or those VOD platforms, um, they are eligible because it's not their fault that all the theaters were closed. Also, they pushed the, um, the eligibility to the end of February. So this is actually 2020 plus, and the next year will be 2021 minus a lot. So um, luckily nothing big comes out in January, February, and so the things that got pushed to that were things that most likely would have been released normally, you know, that, that kind of stuff. So the Oscars are, and everything's been moved back in terms of the dates, so normally they would, we'd already be done. This End of February we'd be done. Um, they're going to be Sunday, April 25th at 8 p.m. on ABC, and the nominations come out on Monday, March 15th, bright and early. So that's why we're here. We're here to determine what do we think is going to get nominated, um, and hopefully I'll give you a list of movies that you could watch now. And, and a lot of them you can get for free on, on streaming sites, or not for free, but on streaming sites if you have them. So I, I, I'd like to say that, that despite everything, it's actually been a pretty decent year for film, particularly independent film. I think it's kind of cool. Normally you'd have all these big blockbusters, and, and I miss those. I miss going to the theater. But it's kind of nice that, that some of these underrated films that normally would have been completely ignored are actually getting attention. So that's kind of cool. So let's we're going to take a dive just into the top categories. Um, we will post my all these nominees on our Tumblr, including nomination predictions for all the categories, all the tech categories. But today we're just going to do this, the top six or seven. All right, let's start with the two screenplay categories. All right, so adapted screenplay. Um, this is, you know, it's adapted from either a book or a movie, another movie or a play, or sometimes they, the, from an article, they have, they have very interesting standards. So um, I feel pretty good about four of the nominees. And I think that the fifth slot is just, is, is the one that, that could go one of many different ways. So normally when you're predicting the Oscars, you kind of look to other awards, unlike the Emmys where the, the, the precursors are all happening months before. The Emmys are just kind of a crapshoot. We actually have some big examples that come out right before the Oscars, and a lot of them purposely come out before the Oscars to try to influence Oscar nominations. Um, the big ones, though, are the Globes and the Critics' Choice. Now, these don't have any crossover Academy voters. They're just big award ceremonies that tel are televised, so a lot of people watch them. Um, and then you have the, the crossover guilds, um, so this is like, so for the writers, there's the WGA. Um, if you're a cinematographer, there's the ASC, which is the American Society of Cinematographers. These guilds have members that cross over to the Academy. The other one are the BAFTA Awards, which literally came out this morning. And they were, they've changed their voting process. It's now like this juried uh, system. And I, I can go ahead and tell you that the BAFTA and the Oscar nominations are going to look very different this year. It's kind of cool. BAFTA kind of did their own thing. And they really focused on diversity, but they also focused on 
actual British projects, um, BAFTA has become such a they just want to be an Oscar precursor. So it's kind of nice this year that you see a lot of movies that are British produced that we may or may not ever see here. Um, you never know. But but they did their own thing and they celebrated their own artists. And I think that that's kind of cool. I still think that they might help us a little bit, um, including with this category. Um, so, so for the screenplay categories, it is the WGA. Of course, I just said that that's what you should look to. And now I'm going to say probably not as much because the WGA has really weird qualification rules. Um, so they're often hit and miss. Uh, there are things that just aren't, usually like animated films are not eligible, foreign films are not eligible. So for example, I think that The the, the Father, which is um, a film from Florian Zeller, he's a first time filmmaker and this is an adaptation of his his Broadway play. Um, I think it will get a nomination, it got a BAFTA non, um, it just wasn't eligible for WGA. So so that's just one of those that, that it happens a lot. I remember when the King's Speech won, it, wasn't not, it won the Oscar and everyone knew it was going to, it wasn't eligible for WGA. So sometimes those things happen. However, I do think that the other, uh, some of the other WGA nominations will do well. Uh, One Night in Miami, Nomadland, and Ma Rainey's Black Bottom are, are the three I think will do very, very well. They got Critics' Choice, they got, they, got, um, they got the WGA nod, and they're also really big Best Picture contenders, which helps. Um, Nomadland was another one that wasn't eligible for WGA um, and it could win. Um, but it is the best friction, best friction, friction, best picture front runner. Help me um, at this point, and it just did get a BAFTA nod. So um, I think that that will definitely happen. Ma Rainey and One Night did not get a BAFTA nod, but they're they're definitely more American stories, and I think that they'll do well here. Um, that leaves one slot, um, and, and I was predicting News of the World, which is the Paul Greengrass, uh, Tom Hanks Western movie, but it it didn't get it got a WGA nod, but then it didn't get. It's just kind of been fading lately. Um, I, at one point, I switched to Borat, subsequent movie film. I know that's ridiculous, but the first one actually did get an Oscar nod in original screenplay. So now this is the adapted because it's the sequel. Um, it got a WGA nod, and it got a Producers Guild nod, which doesn't have anything to do with, with writing, but it just shows there's a lot of support. It won the Golden Globe for Picture Comedy Musical. But I, I, this morning, I moved in a, a Netflix movie that, that was a late release called The White Tiger. Um, I don't really know much about this film. This is one I have not seen yet. But it got a WGA nod, and then it got a BAFTA nod this morning. So this is one now that's on my list. I, I'm also trying to catch up because it's, it's odd this year. Um, I would also look out, though, for a film called First Cow that was doing very well. It did well at the Indie Spirits. Um, the Charlie Kaufman, who's, who's an Oscar winner for his Netflix film, I'm Thinking of Ending Things. There's a film called The Mauritanian. And another film called The Dig. These are both big BAFTA contenders. They're British films. I don't see them doing incredibly well over here, um, but you never know. They're, um, I think The Dig's on Netflix. I'm not sure where the Mauritanian is. And then The Personal History of David Copperfield. I think it got a nod last year. It was it was released in Britain last year, and then it was released this year, so it's kind of crossing over award ceremonies. But it's from Veep creator Armando Iannucci, and he has been nominated in this category before. So uh, let's move on to Best Original Screenplay. This category is a lot more competitive this year. Adapted Screenplay, a lot of those contenders I'm just throwing in, most likely they're not going to get there. There are a lot of contenders in original. Um, I feel comfortable with Promising Young Woman, which is this kind of breakthrough film. It premiered at Sundance last year, and, and uh, people thought, okay, cool. It's this first-time filmmaker. Her name's Emerald Farrell, um, and she is uh, – she's – I don't think it's Farrell. I think it's Fennel. <laughs> I just wrote that down wrong. It's Emerald Fennel, not Farrell. Help me. Um, Emerald Fennel, she's actually an actress. She's a British actress, and this is her first film. And um, it just has a lot of buzz. Carrie Mulligan's in it. It's, uh, it's an interesting 
film. It was very well done. It won the Critics' Choice Award this past Sunday. It was nominated at the Globes, and it got WJ and BAFTA. So it got all of them. Um, Aaron Sorkin, I think, will definitely get in. He's won before. He won an Adapted um, in 2010 for The Social Network. And this is his, uh, he's directing it as well as writing it, but it's for The Trial of the Chicago 7. This has been a long, simmering project, and it has that classic Sorkin crackling dialogue that that voters just love. Um, the absolutely stunning Minari, if you've not checked out Minari, it's really, really good. You can find it on Hulu, um, and we'll, we will be getting it here as soon as it uh, has a DVD release date. It was not eligible, again, for WGA because of their weird category things, but and it missed out at BAFTA, which I did find odd, but then BAFTA had these weird... BAFTA's just going to be an outlier this year, so it's not necessarily, it might help some contenders, but it's not necessarily going to be the, the death knell for some of them. Um, but it has done really well across the board. It did really well, by the way, at BAFTA, except for that category. So it's interesting. Also, I also think that Sound of Metal, it's the same thing. It, it's got some WGA love. It got Critics' Choice. It's a small film, and it didn't really, it didn't get at BAFTA, but I think it's the kind of film that it, there's a lot of buzz for both of these films, and they're really well written. Um, and Sound of Metal's on Amazon Prime, by the way, if you want to watch it. And then finally, um, David Fincher, the great David Fincher's father, Jack, passed away in 2003. But he had written this script for Mank years ago. It's about uh, the screenwriter Herman Mankiewicz who wrote uh, Citizen Kane with Gary Oldman. And they, it's, again, a long-simmering project that they finally brought to the screen. So 18 years after his death, I think he will get a posthumous nomination, which is kind of cool. And uh, he did uh, get nominated at BAFTA today. So that, that's, that's a really rare thing to have someone who's been gone that long. We, we do have some posthumous, uh, particularly Chadwick Boseman coming up in these predictions, but, but to have been gone 18 years and to finally get an Oscar nomination is kind of a cool story. I would also watch out for Judas and the Black Messiah, and I'm actually, there's part of me that's like, I gotta find room for it here, and maybe I will I always, before my final predictions, I always make switches and then regret them. But um, it's really coming in strong. It got WGA nod. It just got in for PGA yesterday, which is the Producers Guild. Um, Soul, the, the, the Writers Guild, the Writers Branch, excuse me, of the Academy loves those animated movies. You see a lot of them get screenplay nods, and Soul is definitely an original concept. Um, and Pixar does a good job with, with those that branch. Defy Bloods could get in. Um, a couple years ago, the last film that Spike Lee did, uh, The Black Klansman, he won. He won the uh, the original screenplay Oscar for it, so I could see that one getting in. And then there's a little indie hit called um, Never Rarely, Sometimes Always that, that had a lot of critical support. I don't see that happening. It's too small. And then the other one is called Another Round. It's a Danish movie, and it's the um, it's the lead probably right now the front runner for best uh, foreign language film. Again, kind of like animated films, foreign language films often find some love in this category. All right, um, let's move on to the acting categories. These are the fun ones. So um, <laughs> so for best supporting actor, um, so far, Dayon Kaluuya, who was, uh, he had his big break a couple years ago in Get Out, um, but he is in Judas and the Black Messiah, which was a, one, of the, one of the few films that came out in that January, February, after the normal cutoff that's doing really well. He just won the Critics' Choice and the Golden Globe. So I think he's in. Leslie Odom Jr., who is famous for his, he has a beautiful voice, but he's famous for his role in Hamilton on Broadway. He won a Tony for it. Um, he is getting a lot of love for One Night in Miami, and he got a BAFTA nod this morning, SAG nod, both had Screen Actors Guild nominations. Um, and then I think Sasha Baron Cohen's going to get in, not for Borat. Maybe, but but probably not. But for his role in The Trial of the Chicago 7, that great Aaron Sorkin movie on Netflix, he did not get a BAFTA nod this morning, which was, again, kind of shocking, but I'm realizing they're not going to be as, as predictive, and I have to kind of remember that. But I'd, I'd be really kind of jaw-dropped if he didn't get in at the Oscars. So there's three slots. 
I still feel confident about Chadwick Boseman. There's so much love for him. I think he's going to end up getting two nods. And for those of you who don't know, you know, he's, of course, Black Panther. He's, he's this great actor. He's played a lot of really cool roles where he's played real people, these, these biography-type movies. He played Jackie Robinson. He played James Brown. He was such a talent, and he died very young of colon cancer. And um, these were his last two big projects, and I think he's going to get in for both. So this would be for supporting for his role in Spike Lee's To Five Bloods, which did very well. And he didn't get it in at BAFTA, and they did nominate one of his co-stars, Clark Peters. So now I'm kind of like, maybe they'll just give him one, and they'll nominate. I don't know what's going to happen, but I feel like Bozeman here over here, and, and with the more normal voting process, they're not trying to do anything new um, for the Oscars in, ten, in terms of the voting process this year. They'll they'll get him in. Um, so the fifth slot, though, I I don't I don't know. They nominated Jared Leto, who I whatever, <laughs> inexplicably <laughs> for this movie called The Little Things, which looks interesting, but it got terrible reviews. It, it's it's him and um, Rami Malek and Denzel Washington, all three you know Oscar winners. Rami Malek, excuse me, not Rami. And he got in at SAG. He got in at Golden Globes. But I feel like that's one of those that it's an anomaly. It was on Apple TV. You know that the actors watched it. I don't think it's going to cross over. It could. He's maybe. Unfortunately. <laughs> anyway, um, so you have a Bill Murray, who he was nominated for the Golden Globes and the Critics' Choice for his reunion with Sofia Coppola, a movie called On the Rocks, which is a great movie, by the way, and kind of completely ra- flew under the radar this year, which I kind of hate. Um, it, was, it was a lot of fun. It was him and Rashida Jones. Um, like I said, BAFTA added Peters, um, and then he, they added a, a child actor named Alan Kim for Minari. Apparently he's a scene stealer. Uh, he is a scene stealer. Excuse me. I've seen the movie. He's a scene, he is a scene, scene stealer. Um, I'm just, I, you know how it is. And, and I would hope that Angelique would edit this out, but instead she's probably going to double down on it and make me regret it. I'm going to boost it. I'm going to boost it. It's going to be louder than the other ones. Um, he actually shocked. He won. There's a younger, younger actor, actress award at the Critics' Choice, and he won that. And I don't think a lot of people expected him. Now he's showing up here at BAFTA. They do sometimes go for those kid stars. Uh, you know, you go back to Abigail Breslin got in for Little Miss Sunshine. Kilanjane Wallace for Beasts of the Southern Wild, Tatum O'Neill won years ago uh, for Paper Moon, Anna Paquin won when she was very young for the piano. So it, uh, he's now on my radar. Don't be shocked. The other nomination they did was for an actor named Barry Cogan, and it's a very British movie. I don't even know if it's eligible over here. It ain't getting in. Don't worry. Um, so I was planning on going with Paul Reiki. It's pronounced Reiki, I believe, for Sound of Metal. Um, he, he was the, the critical favorite. He got all the critical awards this year. And he, but he didn't get in at SAG. He didn't get in at the Golden Globes. But he did get in at BAFTA today. I think there's a lot of push. He's he's a very he's an older actor. He's a character actor. You probably he's one of those where you're like, oh, I remember him from that one thing, but you don't know what his name is. I think he's going to surprise. I think he's going to get in, and that'll be interesting. There also there are a lot of cast members from *To Five Bloods*, from *One Night in Miami*, um, *My Rainey's Black Bottom*, and as we saw with Clark Peters getting in today at BAFTA for *To Five Bloods*, they could pick one of those other folks and fill them in best supporting actress this race was a mess i have no idea i mean i told you i told you who i wanted to be in it oh Catherine o'hara yes (laughs) (laughs) so as so in our emmy podcast you know uh, schitt's creek is is our favorite and it won all the emmys we're so excited and so as as i'm telling angelique today about this mess of supporting actress, she tells me well they should nominate Catherine o'hara and i'm like well first of all She's a lead actress, not a supporting actress. Yeah, but they're not going to give that to her. <laughs> so They're not going to give her anything. It's not eligible. This Okay, so we're, we're going to write in. We're hoping for a write-in <laughs> campaign for Catherine O'Hara for a f- film that's not that's for a television show that's not eligible, whatever. I love her, too. I don't think she's going to get nominated this we'll year. We'll just put her in for, like, Home Alone. There you go. Just yeah, retroactive. <laughs> yeah. Help us. Uh, 
you know, it, it, there have been so many surprise nominees. If they say Catherine Hare, I'll be like, okay, whatever. Why not? Why not? <laughs> you know. Um, so Jodie Foster won the Globe. It was shocker for a film called The Mauritanian, which did very well with the BAFTA this 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 morning. Um, I think it's because it's a British production. Apparently, it's not that good. So I don't really don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't. But they love it. it. It might be one of those things where the, the people in it. So I thought, okay, it got nominated for Best Film at BAFTA. And but she didn't get in, so that's kind of shocking. So now I'm like, I'm not predicting her. It's very odd for a Golden Globe winner not to at least be nominated. Although we have a couple cases recently, um, Aaron Taylor Johnson for a film called Nocturnal Animals. Don't know what they were thinking with that one. And then last year, unfortunately, it was Taron Edgerton for um, for Rocket Man, the the Elton John biopic. He won and didn't get nominated. So I, th- I think that's going to happen again. I think that the Globes, the, the Globes this year, they were in their own bubble. And they're an odd group, and there's been a lot of controversy about them uh, surrounding this ceremony. And they like stars, and I think they love Jodie Foster because she's Jodie Foster, and I think they picked her. But you never know. She could get in. I'm just not predicting her. Um, so I do feel really confident about uh, a, a newcomer. Her name is Maria Bakalova, and she is in the Borat sequel. And she is a she was a stage actress, and she had to do a lot of interesting things on the fly. She just won the um, the Screen Actors Guild. She won. She was nominated at the Globe and lead for the comedy musical, but she's going to be supporting at the Oscars. And she just got a BAFTA nod. So she she is the upcomer. She's the hot ticket right now. And and I think that. She, she, you could tell that it takes a lot of skill. There were a lot of one takes, you know, how Borat is. There are a lot of one takes. And she pulled it off for someone who's never been on screen before. So I could see them honoring her. I think she's the front runner. And then the other one is, it's, she's not a newcomer. She's a newcomer to us. She's a Korean actress who, who's a veteran actress who's finally getting a big break. Um, and she just got a SAG, a BAFTA nod, and a Critics' Choice nod. And I'm going to try to pronounce this. It's Ye Jung Yoon, or she likes to be called apparently YJ. <laughs> she likes YJ. Apparently, she she is a she's a pistol on screen. She is hilarious. She plays the grandmother in Minari, and she is such a scene stealer. She's so funny. She's so good. But apparently, that's her in real life. Like she's <laughs> she is just an awesome person. So I'm kind of hoping that that why uh, that that just messed up the whole sound. No, you're fine. Okay, good. I, I knocked my I, I talk with my hands and I knocked something. So anyway, so I'm hoping YJ does very well. Um, that would be cool. Um, beyond those two, I have I have no idea. I just I'm just this is I'm just taking shots in the dark here because I thought Olivia Coleman was was a I mean previous Oscar winner. She's on the Crown right now. I thought she was a slam dunk, and then she didn't get in at BAFTAs. And I think that's this part of this weird voting system. I still think she's going to get. I think at this point she's probably more popular in the United States than she is in, in Britain. It seems like um, she's so well liked and she's great in the movie. And then I, I think Glenn Close. Okay, okay, I I, I love Glenn Close. The, the movie Hillbilly Elegy, I, I was really excited about this movie based on a big uh, best-selling book. Amy Adams, uh, Glenn Close, Ron Howard. It was not good. People <laughs> loved it. It's one of those people, it's a love-hate thing. I didn't think it was well done, and I thought it was so overacted. But she's Glenn Close. She got SAG nod. She got a Golden Globe nod. She got a Critics' Choice nod. Um, I still think they feel bad because she they thought she should have won for The Wife a couple years ago. And I love Glenn Close, too. Olivia Coleman deserved that Oscar. And, and it's just one of those things that got swept up. I think she'll get another nomination this year. I, I don't think she's going to win. I just don't. So so that's that. That's my – what's that? One, two, three. That's four nods. Um, and then my, my final slot, BAFTA today, again, I'm trying not to take too much stock in BAFTA, but they, they nominate an actress – um, named Dominique Fishback for that movie Judas and the Black Messiah that with Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield's in it. 
And I've seen the movie. She's so good in it. She's an actress I like. There was a um, HBO series called The Deuce that was really good from David Simon, and she had a really breakout role in that. She's so good in the movie, and Judas and the Black Messiah is kind of peaking at the right moment. Since I have no idea, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that she's going to upset and get that fifth slot. I think that she would be a good one uh, to, to pick for that. So beyond those five, I'd watch out for, of course, Jodie Foster, because she's still Jodie Foster. She's a two-time Oscar winner. Um, the young actress Helena Zingle, Zingle. I don't know how I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Anyway, but she is uh, she's in that movie News of the World. It's kind of a two-hander. It's just her and Tom Hanks, and she did get a SAG nod for that. So um, that that could definitely happen. And then the one that I thought was going to win um, at the beginning of the season, Amanda Seyfried. This was her first big kind of Oscar-y role for uh, Mank. Uh, the the she plays the uh, mistress of of um, oh, what was his name William Randolph Hearst. And uh, she's great in the movie, and uh, but then she didn't get SAG, she didn't get BAFTA. I think she got a Golden Globe nod. She could get in, and there's clearly a lot of contenders up in the air, but but she just hasn't come through, so I've, I've moved her out of the top five. Um, so for Best Actor, we're going to move on to Best Actor. So three of them, three guys have gotten all, everything, all four of them. Uh, Riz Ahmed, who is British, so so that's why he does he did well at BAFTA. Um, Chadwick Boseman, of course, for his role. Excuse me, Riz Ahmed, by the way, is in Sound of Metal. Um, Chadwick Boseman for his role in My Rainey's Black Bottom, which was um, an, a stunning role. And it turns out that he knew he was dying, and he didn't tell his co-stars, and he just suddenly gave his all, and they were just amazed by how good he was. And it's because he knew it was his last time. So the story, I think he's going to win, by the way. And I think it's not only for the performance, but for the story as well. And then Sir Anthony Hopkins will be back in. He just got nominated last year, too, uh, for the movie The Father that we talked about, the one with Olivia Coleman. He plays a, um, a dementia patient that, that's getting worse. And, and the daughters, she plays the daughter, and they're trying to keep up with him. And it's a really great role. And um, he's Anthony Hopkins. Who doesn't like Anthony Hopkins? Um, but I, I think it's Bozeman's to lose, I, and I think it'd be a really great moment. And if he doesn't win, it's going to be like people, whoever wins that instead, is going to feel like really, really bad because they didn't, you know. Um, so, so those three got everything. I think they're in. I'm sticking in my fourth slot with Gary Oldman. Again, someone I thought would do really well at BAFTA considering he's British. Uh, he didn't, but he's gotten everything else. He's gotten SAG and the Globe and all those things, and he plays Mank. Um, in the film, and he's really, really good. I, that film, for some reason, people either love or hate it. I thought it was great. Whatever, I guess. I, you know, I, what do I know? Um, but he didn't get a BAFTA nod. That is a little weird. Um, Tahar Rahim for the Mauritanian got Globe nods and BAFTA nods, so he he could end up upsetting. I, I just, again, I don't know if the Mauritanian is going to be as popular over here. And again, it's apparently not good. <laughs> whatever. Um, Maybe it's, and I, I always take reviews with a grain of salt, so maybe I'm missing out. I will plan, I do plan on seeing the movie. Um, Mads Mikkelsen, who's a very popular actor, he did get a BAFTA nod for the, the film Another Round. Um, he could upset. Again, that's probably the front runner for Best Foreign Language Film. And the Academy has done a, a lot over the years to include more members from the global cinema community. And so you're starting to see more nods for, for these international films. And of course, last year, Parasite became the first foreign language movie to ever win the Oscar for Best Picture. So don't be surprised when you start to see more of those contenders uh, pop up. Yes, Sasha Baron Cohen could get in for Borat. I, I really don't see that happening. I, I promise. <laughs> It would be hilarious, though, because it would be funny. But I'm sticking with SAG nominee Stephen Yun. Um, he's on The Walking Dead. He, he had a big career in television. Um, this is a big break role, breakout role for him in, uh, in film. And he did get in at SAG, and he got in at the Critics' Choice. He didn't get in at BAFTA, despite Minari doing very good, very good, very well. 
very well at BAFTA. Um, I was kind of surprised, but again, this new system with BAFTA, we're, it's going to probably take us a few years to figure out how it all works, and then they'll change it again, as they always do. Um, I'm shocked he missed out at BAFTA, but I still think over here um, at, at the Oscars, and, and his film, his director just got nominated at the DGA, and the DGA actually is a better predictor of Best Picture than it is a Best Director, uh, just because of the way the voting works. So Minari is clearly one of those top five films in the Best Picture race, and that usually helps the coattails. You know, everyone down ballot does well because they're clicking off Minari on a lot of things. So I think he's in. Finally, we're going to talk about Best Actress, which I think might be the, the coolest race. And um, the biggest shock, though, that Carrie Mulligan, so Promising a Woman was a British movie. It did very well at the BAFTA, but Carrie Mulligan didn't get in, and she has won, like, tons and tons of stuff. She just won the Critics' Choice Award. I still think she's going to get in. I actually think she could still win even without that BAFTA nod because, of course, BAFTA's odd this year. Um, but I just, I'm really shocked, and now I'm kind of, like, questioning everything. Um, but Frances McDormand did get in. She got in for Nomadland, which is probably the best picture frontrunner right now. Viola Davis didn't get in at BAFTA, and she's won a BAFTA before. But I let me tell you something. Maybe the British voters, American voters, are not snubbing the great Viola Davis. It's not happening. Um, so she's definitely in. And I think those are your top three for the win, most likely. Vanessa Kirby, actually, surprised, she could be a shocker because she has, unlike, I think she and Francis are the only ones that have swept all four awards. She's in a movie called Pieces of a Woman. It's on Netflix. Um, it, it also stars uh, the great Ellen Burstyn. And it's, it's an interesting movie. It's not the best movie overall, but she is very, very good in the movie. And she, um, she, of course, had a breakout role in The Crown a couple years ago, got an Emmy nod in the first, the first two seasons, the younger version of Princess Margaret. And um, this is her big film kind of uh, uh, breakthrough. And, and she's, she's very good in the movie. And like I said, she's, she's up there with Frances actually getting all the different nods that she needs. So those four slots feel like this is it. Um, and again, it's like, so it's, it feels like there's three or four in every category. And then that last one is like, I don't know, something's <laughs> going to get nominated. SAG went for Amy Adams for Hillbilly Elegy. Again, Amy Adams is the best. She's one of the best actresses. I adore her. And I'm really bad. <laughs> uh, but she got SAG, so she could get in. That could be one of those where they, um, BAFTA went for a lot of British folks. Again, I don't even know if those films are eligible. They also went for Alfred Woodard, whose film came out last year at the, um, in the United States, so so she's already passed her eligibility. Now, they did, though, nominate, this is the best thing of these whole BAFTA awards, they nominated the great Rada Blank, who is the first-time filmmaker um, for Netflix's film, The 40-Year-Old Version, um, which, of course, is a spinoff of, of the popular film from the last couple, like, I guess two decades ago now. God, we're old. <laughs> anyway, um, with Steve Carell, and she, I love this movie. I discovered it on Netflix. It is such a funny movie. She is so fantastic. And I know that won't cross over to the Oscars, but if it did, I don't even care. The rest of the, I don't care about the other 100-something nominees. If Rada Blank gets a nomination, I'm done. That is that is awesome. It probably won't, but good for BAFTA for, for picking out kind of an, an underrated performance this year. Um, I think, though, that that um, Andre Day is going to get nominated. She, I don't think she was eligible at BAFTA. I don't think the film premiered over there yet. Uh, she won the Globe in kind of a big surprise. She plays the great Billie Holiday in a new movie, The United States versus Billie Holiday, which is on Hulu. It's from director Lee Daniels. The film overall is not the best. Um, it's kind of messy, but Andre Day is just fantastic. And she, of course, is a, a Grammy-nominated singer. She has a beautiful voice, but she nails Billie Holiday. She got that, that Golden Globe nod. She got a Critics' Choice nod. Um, it's kind of unusual not to get either SAG or BAFTA and get in, but in this race, I think that she's and she's been after that Globe win. She is everywhere. She's on every talk show. She knew that that the Oscar voting was going on. They played their cards right. They they released it right at the last moment, and I think she's going to get her first nomination, and I hope she does.
Okay, and our final two awards, Best Director and Best Picture. All right, so Best Director, I mean, I'm literally like writing this 15 minutes before we did this because I was waiting on the BAFTA nods. I was also waiting on the Director's Guild nods, DGA. Uh, we, so the, the Director's Branch is known for its upsets. Um, it's because the, the DGA is a very broad, it's, it's across the country. Um, you know, your second assistant director over at WBTV or WSOC, they're in the Directors Guild. That's their union, that's where they get their health insurance from, and they all get to vote. But it also, it, so it, like I said, it tends to be a better predictor of best picture than best director. But still, when the nominations came out today, I thought these are the same five I've had for a while now. So I'm going with those five. Just be prepared because the director's branch is going to throw in. They've always done this for years and years and years. They love foreign directors. They love any directors. They, they always throw someone for a loop. And so I, I just don't know who. So I'm going to stick with the five. Um, and then BAFTA came out today. Now BAFTA, so two, two of the nominees from DGA also got into BAFTA. Chloe Zhao, who is this incredible Chinese filmmaker. She did a film a couple years ago called The Writer, which won the Gotham Award, which is kind of the New York-based independent film scene. And I, if she, at this point, I would be shocked if anyone beats her for Best Director. Best Picture's up in the air. They're different voting systems. But she is she really has just run the circuit. She won the Globe. She won the Critics' Choice. I think she's going to win the BAFTA easily. And I think she's going to win the DGA and the Oscar. I just think it's going to be a straight sweep. The other one is Lee Isaac Chung, who's an um, Asian-American director, Korean-American director for Minari. I think this is his first film. Uh, and that's kind of cool. This is a cool breakthrough for him. And it's, like I said, such a stunning movie. It's a quiet movie, and it's very well done. I, I'm, I'm happy that the director's recognized because it could be one of those movies where they like the actors, they like the screenplay, but they don't really see the, the, the talent that it took behind the camera, and they did. So those two crossed over. Beyond that, I don't think anything BAFTA put out there is going to tell us anything about this Oscar race. I mean, some of these films, Baby Teeth, Covadis, Aida, Rocks. These are films that only hardcore film nerds have, have even seen these. Some of these are not even eligible. I think one of them I, I have on a screener. I haven't seen it yet. But the, the, the nomination for another round, the, the director, Thomas Vindeman, I am paying attention to that. Um, as I said, that it is the front runner for that, inter, excuse me, it's not called Foreign Languageville anymore, International Feature Oscar. They changed that a couple years ago, and I just I, I stick to that old title, and I shouldn't. This director's branch, like I said, they like those foreign members, um, and they like to. They've nominated uh, people like Fernando Marielis and and Pedro Almodovar and other foreign directors for films that didn't get in at Best Picture. He could be a shocker. That that could actually be indicative of something that could happen. But not knowing that, and and not knowing how it's playing with the directors, I, I'm not putting him in there. But he's my number six or seven slot. Um, they did pick David Fincher, which doesn't shock me. He's a legend for Mank, and agree again. I know a lot of people Mank kind of was hit and miss, but if you if you like that if you love film and you rec you have to recognize the talent. Um, it is a very well made movie by Fincher and his technical team, and I think the directors recognize that. I really, really, really wanted to stick with Regina King. I loved One Night in Miami, and I adore her as an as an artist. She's a talented, talented actress, and it turns out she's a very talented director. But I think it's one of those movies. A, she's an actor turned director, and sometimes they. Sometimes they embrace it, but sometimes they kind of like, oh, all, all of a sudden you think you know better than us directors. It's a weird thing, I think. And I also think that it's a movie that is going to be seen more as it, it's an ensemble piece and a screenplay than a director's um, film. I still think she could get in. She didn't get in at DGA. She did get in at DGA for they have a first feature category, and Rada Blank got in for that too, so she's going to get it. 
I'm telling you, she's not going to get it, but it would be amazing. Um, and I kind of feel bad for her because I really think that that she deserves to be in this top five. I'm not going with it, and I'm just hoping that I'm wrong. Um, but Emerald Fennel, oh, I spelled it right there. Okay. <laughs> Just in the first one, I didn't spell it right. Okay. Emerald Fennel, the one we talked about for Promising Young Woman, she did get a DGA nod. She got a Golden Globe nod. And her film is very buzzed. It's flashier. It's it's definitely, I think, something that's going to be more seen as a director's movie, unfortunately, than One Night in Miami. And I like Promising Young Woman, so it's, it's not a slight. Uh, I think she's going to get in. Like I said, she got the... Um, she got the the DGA nod, and then finally, I'm going with Aaron Sorkin. This will be his. This is his second film as a director. He's been writing films for for 30 years, but this is his second film as a director. The first one's called Molly's Game, and it was very well written. It wasn't it wasn't spectacular, um, but The Trial of the Chicago Seven. Netflix is pushing this film. It got a lot of great reviews. It's done very well on the circuit. He didn't get in at BAFTA. The directors again, though, the directors branch of BAFTA. I mean, they went off the. They went way off um, from from what is expected. But they did do a good job. Excuse me. They did do a good job of getting into pictures. It got in for best picture. I think there's a lot of love for that film, and I think he's going to get nominated. But like I said, watch out for um, for Vindeman for another round. Watch out for Spike Lee for *The Five Bloods*. Um, Florian Zeller for *The Father*. Again, a film that's done very well. Paul Greengrass for *News of the World*. That film I really thought would do well with Oscar voters, but as these guilds are rolling in, the industry's just not embracing it. The tech side of the industry is embracing it but it's just it seems like it's the 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 buzz on it has just muted um shaka king for judas and the black messiah again that that movie has hit hit the right moment as has darius martyr he's a first this is a first film for him for sound of metal and then i don't know why he's not getting any recognition the great george c wolf he's a multiple tony winner he's a stage director for his adaptation of Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. That film is is just exploding across the board. For some reason, Wolf's not getting nominated. Who do they think made it all work? I don't I don't know. But I I, I hopefully maybe maybe there's a chance that he, that people will recognize him because he, he does a very good job. So finally, Best Picture. Best Picture has this really weird system where there can be anywhere between five and ten nominees based on the number of films that reach a certain vote threshold. This has been confusing for years to the point that starting next year, the Academy is just moving back to ten solid nominees. I don't think they'll ever go back to five nominees. They want to be more inclusive of a variety of different films, different types of movies. But I I think that they're going to stick with the ten solid after this. They've been doing this for ten years. And it is confusing, and you never know how many nominees are going to be. Although I will say, during the last nine years—excuse me, nine years—of the system, they have either had eight or nominees every year. Eight or nine, eight or nine. <laughs> okay, eight or nine nominees each year. It's never seven. It's never ten. It's always eight or nine. So I, I always try to predict nine just to kind of cover my basis. Um, one year, I think, or two years in a row, I think they did eight, and I got all eight, and I had predicted an extra one. So I counted that as like a one hundred percent. Yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> so um, the biggest predictor of this category is probably the PGA. This is the Producers Guild of America. It's a very similar voting system. Um, the DGA also is a very good predictor. So that we And the SAG Ensemble is also – those are the three that I kind of look towards. Um, so I feel confident about the following films. Maharani's Black Bottom, One Night in Miami, Nomadland, Minari, Promising Young Woman, Mank, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. I really feel like those are really, really solid. So that is seven. That is seven slots, and there's only one or two left to play with. Like I said, the Baptist threw in the Mauritanian. Maybe, maybe. I just I don't see it crossing over. SAG no, um, nominated The Five Bloods, which I really thought was a great movie and, and a, just one of the better Spike Lee movies. And it did really well early on, and it's just it's kind of stumbled here and there. It could still get in, but I, I just recently pulled it out, which I kind of hate. And it missed out at PGA, which I was really shocked about. 
Um, Soul could be the animated film that breaks through. I, I love the Pixar movie, so that would make me happy. But I will say the last two films that got nominated for Best Picture that were animated were Up and Toy Story 3. Um, then there were 10 solid nominees in both of those years, and they both got PGA nods for not only animated feature but for Best Picture. Um, neither of these factors are in play for Soul. So I, I think it's one of those that could get in, but most likely until they go back to 10 nominees, we're not going to see another animated feature uh, nominated. The Father got in at BAFTA, not surprising, but it missed um, out at PGA. It missed out on SAG Ensemble. I think it would get a lot of nods. I think that it could easily get in, but I've, I just pulled it out. I just think it's one of those movies that clearly people like it, but people don't love it. And this this is the stage where the, num- the number one votes, when you rank your Best Picture contenders in the nomination phase, it's the number one votes that matter. So this is where the, pa- the movies that have the most passion win. When we get to the winner side of things, it becomes that preferential ballot. It's just a very, very different system. And that, that is where it's, it's the film that's liked the most across the board, not the one that's loved. Um, in this phase, though, you need that passion. And I just don't know if there's passion for the father. I just feel like it's one of those, it's clicking along. People like it. It's got Anthony Hopkins. He doesn't eat anybody, you know, so it's fun, whatever. (laughs) But I just, I don't know. I've just moved it out. And I put in two that both got WGA nods and PGA nods and some some BAFTA nods that were surprising. And those are Judas and the Black Messiah and Sound of Metal. Um, I, I don't feel confident about either of these. I just feel like they have the buzz. They have the momentum that they're building at the right moment. Um, and like I said, both got in at PGA. And, and the Producers Guild, remember, these are the people who produce. They want to make money. And these are small indie films. So the fact that they embrace something like that, I think, is, is indicative of, of the strength of those films. Um, but like I said, it could, be, uh, it could be The Father, Watch Out for Soul, The Five Bloods, Borat, I don't think it's going to happen, but it did get in at PGA. They always throw in one like big movie, um, and and we'll see. So so Monday we will find out whether I am right or if I have egg on my face and completely off the mark. Like I said before, you can you will be able to find the complete list uh, soon on our Tumblr. And Alex, I'll include all the categories, the 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 tech categories, the animated feature, international feature, doc feature, those kind of things. And uh, I just like to personally thank you all for uh, continuing to tune in to Gaston Speaks. This has been a fun project for us and also indulging in my film fanatic ridiculousness and I hope I didn't breathe too much I'm sorry I did mess up a lot and I knocked the mic and I think my phone buzzed but it's fine it won't take you long you'll edit it out it'll be good it'll be good (laughs) thank you guys thank you for having me Angelique you're welcome all right thank you everybody um have a good day all right sounds good (laughs) 